This is the Organizational Health Advantage Podcast with Keith Hadley and James Felton, Principal Consultants at Table Group. They're in the business of coaching leaders to build strategic focus and cultural alignment that leads to amazing results. This podcast is for leaders who are looking to increase productivity and morale while decreasing politics, confusion, and unwanted turnover. Welcome to the Org Health Advantage. Hello, and welcome back to the Org Health Advantage podcast. I'm your co-host, James Felton, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Keith Hadley. Keith, it's great to see you again. How are you doing? Doing great. Nice to see you too, James. As I always say, I am excited about today's episode because this is a really important topic. Oh my gosh, I am really excited about it. You know, this is one of the things we usually check in on with our clients. We help them identify and it's really impactful for them. And the topic we're talking about today is what's most important right now? What are you focused on? And the translation would be what's your thematic goal? Yeah, yeah. Are you focused on the right thing as a business right now, right? Is it time to update your thematical or your focus. Man, this is so fresh. I've had three conversations in the last five days with three different organizations about rally cry, thematic goal. And what I always struggle with is that we spend almost more time sometimes with clients describing what a thematic goal is, what defining objectives are, and less time actually talking about what's most important for the business right now. Like we would love teams just to get into the conversation. Like, no, forget the terminology, forget the model. Just like, let's literally just have a conversation. Like what's most important right now in terms of your focus, in terms of your priorities. So we're wanting to unpack this a little bit today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a great example of when companies like collectively kind of got it right, what we heard in retrospect was like, the beginning part of COVID, maybe that first six months, maybe that first year, clients like kind of scrapped what they had been focused on because they had this yep. immediate urgent need to refocus, which is fair. Right. That happens to businesses sometimes, and it happened to a lot of businesses at the start of COVID. And in retrospect, leaders said, I've never been more proud of my team. That was amazing. Yep. We came together like never before. Right. And then right. as the pressures of COVID dissipated, leaders started to say like, oh, now we don't have that one thing that is clear in everybody's mind that we have to go after or we have to address. And now we're getting a little bit of priority socialism or different people think different things are important. And it was harder to align the group coming out of COVID or those those issues. And uh And so what we talk about is the need to align and make something this priority that we focus on for the whole group. Right. And when there's nothing like COVID hitting a company, it's harder to make that focus and and create that alignment in what we're focused on. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And the the experience, the spirit of this work is the experience that companies had of being laser focused. And for most of them, you're right. It was some version of like survive the pandemic. And then the, the big buckets of activity were around like, how do we figure out how to get everybody remote? 
How do we have business continuity? How, how do we start managing our supply chain? And so they, they had big initiatives that they had to focus on, but it was all in service of, of making it through the pandemic. We had a couple of clients that actually thrived in the pandemic because they were like online businesses. And now suddenly everybody needed what they were selling. That was, you know, a little bit of a different flavor, but even they had to focus on like finding workers, keeping their workers safe, uh, stronger communication. So the idea of a rally cry and then being super clear about the work that had to get done, even the companies that hadn't developed this as a managerial discipline were able to step up and do it because it was forced upon them. I think what we're talking about now is, is how do we maintain that spirit, but actually produce this as a, as a business discipline, and it's the discipline of focus. James, you shared with me a while ago an interview that Johnny Ives did from Apple. Just give us the synopsis of that interview, because it's, it's one that we've shared with clients to also sell this idea of, of focus. Yeah, Johnny Ives was the head of product development, I believe, at Apple and worked really closely with Steve Jobs. And the, the story goes and the interview says that that was one of the great traits of Steve Jobs was his ability to focus and his desire to coach people on focus. And, and so he once had a conversation with Johnny that was basically, you know, focus is about what you say no to. So what have you said no to? And Johnny said, so I picked something that was like kind of BS because I didn't really think it was all that important anyway. And so I had canceled it because I didn't think it was all that meaningful or important. And Steve called me on it and he said, Johnny, that's BS. You didn't think that was an important initiative anyway. I know that. And you killed it. But what have you thought is a good initiative that you still killed because we needed to focus on something else? And Johnny admitted, he said, well, Steve, I don't think we should kill things that quickly because people are working really hard on these. And Steve's response was, oh, Johnny, I didn't realize you were so vain. <laughs> You're not thinking about what's best for the business. You're thinking about how people will look at you and think about you. And that's not what yeah. we need. We need to care yeah. more about what's best for the business. Right, right. And then Johnny said, damn it. <laughs> I knew he was right, that I actually was caring about how people were going to react to me and view me as a leader if I killed an initiative they had been working on. Yeah, yeah. What speaks to me in that example is that, you know, Steve was doing something that most business leaders won't do, and that is just to really step back and be very, very, very ruthlessly discriminating about the thing that matters most right now. And some of yes. the synonyms we've used for that, because, man, leaders struggle with this because they, they want to do everything. Um, yes. And we're not, we're not saying, hey, we're not saying that you can't do it all. We're just saying that of all the things on your list, something is the most important. You know, the gods of business or the gods of organization have decreed that something right now is more important than anything else in your business, whether you recognize it or not, something actually, in fact, is more important than everything else. And in, in our job as leaders is to identify what that thing is and to make sure that we have dedicated all the time and attention and resources that that thing requires. So as we work with clients on focusing, we'll say, like, what is it right now? Is it something about your product? 
Is it something about your operations? Is it something about your, your, your go-to-market strategy? Is it something about your, your people, your talent? Is there something real, you know, like something right now is actually the most critical thing. And if you get it wrong, you're going to pay the, the price for getting it wrong. If you get it right, you're going to reap the rewards of getting it right. So like, let's stop thinking about slogans or how people think about it or the communication of it. Like, like our question right now to anybody listening to this podcast is, do you understand what is most important or have you identified what is most important to your business, to your organization right now? Right. And I bet most people listening to this podcast would say yes, but then have we actually prioritized it? Like we know right. it intellectually, but have we actually prioritized it? And, you know, to that effect, I once worked with a client who they wanted, they were so worried about people getting disengaged that they tried to say they didn't want people to think that what they were working on wasn't important. And it's like, but actually now you're spreading all of this focus everywhere when you know that this thing is really the most important. And guess what? Most people in the organization know this thing is really important and we should focus our attention there. You know, it's like, I'm going to use another COVID story, but like, hey, Pfizer, during the first year of COVID, they were focused intently on on developing a vaccine. And so they would take people from different projects and put them on this and like, this is a priority. But if you were working on another vaccine, it didn't mean that wasn't important. It didn't right. mean like, you know, but it was like this thing, we have to get this right as soon as possible. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so they, you know, and so it was like, Hey, if you're getting pulled into the COVID vaccination team or they need something from you, do it. Yeah. If you're yep. getting pulled in to something else at the expense of their request, drop that something else and go and do the thing with the COVID vaccine people need. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like context, right? If you're working on a different yes. project that is still going on, you know, like you're aware of the fact like, yeah, this is probably not the right time to ask for more headcount. Right. If you have one of the best and brightest immunologists coming out of school, like this might be the time that you put that person on loan to that other project. You know, this is where we clear laboratory space for the most important project. So it's it's not yes. disengaging people. It's it's right. giving everybody in the org context for this is what we're focused on. This is what has to get done. Yes. If you're still if you're trying to cure cancer over in that wing in that lab, yeah, keep doing it. Because right. that's important also. But <laughs> if the COVID <laughs> folks need you, need some, some resources, we're going to give it to them. Yeah. 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 What I was going to say, James, is like we're talking about the discipline of focus. And then we have, we have sort of an approach or a tool that we think actually really helps. Like maybe let's pivot into the tool. Yeah. So we use, we ask the question, what's most important right now? And then we use this tool called the thematic goal, which yep. is, where we have basically three levels of boxes and the top box is the rally cry, you know, yeah. develop the vaccine for Pfizer in that case, you know? So that's the rally cry. We don't need to over slogan it. It's just this alignment point that like everybody can point to and say, that's most important right now. And then we have a level of boxes that we call the defining objectives 
that are those right. big boxes of stuff that we need to complete in order to actually achieve that rallying cry. Right. And, uh, and then we have a third level of boxes that are, are part of your company's scorecard, but not necessarily part of the thematic goal. And we call these the standard operating objectives. And right. these are those things that you would track to make sure that you're running a successful organization week after week, month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year. Like they probably don't change. Those boxes probably don't change. And actually, a lot of companies would probably have similar boxes because it's how right. you just run a successful organization over time. The reason yep. we yep. have them on the same page or we track them at the same time as the thematic goal is because the combination of those boxes gives you a scorecard of how your business is doing. Basically, the yeah. standard operating objectives would be, what do we want to track to make sure we're running a sustainably good company over time? It would be those boxes. And then up at the thematic goal level, like what's most important right now and how are we going to achieve that? Yeah, yeah. I love how you broke that down because that answers a whole bunch of different questions. And, and, I, and yet it's the, the, the spirit of that or the, the key to that is that it's to, it's to put different objectives into different buckets from always important to most important right now. It's, it's the, the temporary shared objectives that achieve our rally cry. Right. A, a lot of people listening to this are, are going to have a list of objectives, right? Maybe they're OKRs, maybe they're kind of KPIs that they've got identified, and it's often a pretty comprehensive list. And we, we did a whole episode on comprehensive planning versus focus planning. So the, it's the standard operating objectives at the bottom is what allows you to say, no, we have we have a pretty good description of everything, but the discipline is then to identify the stuff that really needs critical special attention on a weekly basis, what's going to give us the biggest, what we call ROMA or return on management attention. That's the top stuff, the defining objectives leading up to the thematic goal. Yeah, absolutely. And so we've talked about like a particular crisis that affected companies in right. the last few years. The challenge we've identified is what happens if there isn't a crisis? And we think yeah, people, yeah. you know, like, you know, people in different functions might think certain things are more important than others. And they might not be aligned on a leadership team of what's most important right now. And one of the ways we help them get through this, right, is when we talk about our Everest exercise, which is basically looking at where we want to be three years from now. Right. And, you know, how many warehouses, how many products, what's our revenue, what's our EBITDA maybe, how many employees, et cetera. Paint that picture. And we did another podcast about that. And then take that information, and, and if you've already done it, then remind yourselves before identifying this next thematical, remind yourselves of that Everest. And like, okay, how do we make progress on that, climbing the mountain, taking into account where we are and where the market is in our industry? And okay, so if we want to get to this place two years from now, assuming we did the Everest exercise a year ago, then how do we make progress on that in this next thematical? Yeah, yeah. I like that example because it if you, you know, if you have achieved your Everest, 
right? You're standing on stage. You're looking backward now. There's a narrative flow. Like you'll know that you had the right rally cries slash thematic goals because there will be a, 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 a narrative flow of like, we, you know, we got our product in order and then right. we brought it to the marketplace and then we addressed the needs of a particular industry. And then we, you know, that, and then we got into really amping up our sales force. And then we started seeing a need for greater customer care. So that's when we built our customer care team. And then, you know, there's a narrative flow or a progression of how we got from where we were to where we are now by focusing on the right thing at the right time. And what's often presented is that like, oh no, we just did everything right. No, like we made, <laughs> we made choices along the way to focus on A and then B and then C and then D and then E and then F. And now we're where we are. So the, the discipline though is to identify what's the one thing now that's most important that's going to start this progression. Right, right. And so now that we've looked at the Everest and we've identified maybe the, the thematic goal and the, the defining objectives, how do we then, Keith, go into, how do we make sure we have the right plan for those defining objectives? Yeah, yeah. We would always recommend that we get into more detail. So if the thematic goal is kind of qualitative and big picture, the defining objectives are much more specific. Like a, think of it as a project. They need a game plan or a battle plan, right? That gets yeah. into the specifics of literally who is doing what by when. What are the milestones? What are the key actions that need to happen in the next three, four, five, six months? How are we going to track progress towards those things? And so we think a battle plan should be very, um, very succinct. It could fit into one page of a power or one slide on a PowerPoint slide. It could fit onto one page. Um, so not overly detailed. This is not, you know, comprehensive project management, but it's a, it's a, a detailed enough description to tell us like what has to happen in that defining objective. And then without that detail, it's going to be really hard on a week to week basis to assess how are we doing against our plan? So, you know, we, we recommend the, the red, yellow, green approach. You know, like, hey, Reds, we're off track. Well, we're off track on what? We're off track on the game plan that we had created to achieve that defining objective. And so most companies have, you know, we'd say between five, six, seven defining objectives. Once you get up to like eight or 10 defining objectives, we start to wonder if a company's trying to do too many things. So, you know, but if it's fewer than four, it just feels like we have just like three competing rally cries. <laughs> So, you know, what's the rally cry? What are the four to five defining objectives? And then is there a battle plan or a game plan under each one with clear milestones, yeah. deliverables, you know, expectations, actions, et cetera? Yeah. And so to break it down, the defining objective, and when we say a game plan or battle plan, what we're talking about is then the detail would say, okay, the defining objective is titled this, you know, simplify our supply chain. Or, you know, something like that. And then the battle plan would list that at the top. So if you said we could put this on a one pager or a flip chart, we would put the title of the defining objective there. And then we like to put in what does success look like? Define success in this. And maybe at that point you put in a timetable too. And then give us the action items, milestones that we should hit. And then maybe a couple of obstacles that we need to be aware of. And so 
And you can put this in your meeting template. It, we use the meeting advantage, but people use a lot of things. You, your team needs to remember what this is. The big watch out here is that these defining objectives could become silo builders. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we might say, well, heck, you're the head of supply chain, Keith. So you just tell us how we're doing every week and we'll just take your word for it. And yep. actually, when Pat Lanchoni developed this tool, it was actually to de-silo organizations. And yeah. yet so many companies use this as a silo builder. And, and the danger there is if you're the head of supply chain, Keith, and we want to simplify our supply chain as a defining objective, then it's your, you and your team are working on this and we don't have much visibility and we just take your word for it and then we keep going and it's hard to like, one, know what's going on in there. Two, it's not our project anymore. It's just your part of the project. And three, if we have low visibility because we're just expecting you to be the subject matter expert here, then we can't push each other and we can't leverage each other to maybe get more resources or get some help. It just becomes the silo thing where it's like, all right, if Keith says it's green, it must be green. And then yeah. a few months yeah. later, if it's going south, it's like, well, we could have known that a month ago that this was starting to go south. Why didn't you tell us this? You know, it's, there's no, yeah. there's no team yeah. behavior here. Yeah, I, I, that's a great example. It just uh, let's build on that example a bit. It, that's why the rally cry is so important because if that was a defining objective to simplify a supply chain, it's probably in service of something like a a big emphasis on we need to boost our product our, our, our profitability, or maybe yes. it's like we need to simplify our product line, which is going to yes. you know require a simplified uh, supply chain. Uh, or it, maybe it's about de-risking the business. So it's going to be set in the context of something broader that's shared, and there's going to be some serious cross-functional work, right? If we're going to simplify a supply chain, it's probably going to have product implications. It's probably going to have service delivery implications. And so we're going to collaborate to make that happen, as well as collaborate on the other defining objectives. Now, that that doesn't mean we're violating the rules of like division of labor. You know, Everybody has a clear job. You know, question six of our six critical questions is who must do what, but but you're exactly right. It's going to change the way you approach your work because you're doing it in in collaboration with others on the team. So it's 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 a shared rally cry that leads to shared work. Right. So why is this so hard for companies to do? Like these are really simple concepts, but they're they're just really hard. What are what are some of the what are some of the hangups or the challenges that we see our clients struggling with that makes this such a hard thing to do? Well, I think the first one we've addressed, which is when there isn't a crisis, we have yeah. we could get into priority socialism, where you think something's really important, I think something's really important, the other people on our team might think two or three things are really important, and. So we kind of battle for what we think is most important. And I think sometimes the leader is afraid to not get buy-in. And so they want something, they want to like, they want consensus or they feel like if I say this is most important, people not might not commit to it. And so I need to try to get buy-in and consensus and all that. So I think that's the first problem. 
Yeah. The, the second problem comes into, all right, what, wh- not only what's the thematic goal, you know, let's align on the defining objectives. Let's make clear plans. But, yeah. so, you know, sometimes, I think this is most often, they want the perfect plan and they want right. everything mapped out. And now what we've done is, Instead of uh, prioritizing, we've said, we're going to do everything to implement this perfectly. And now it becomes a lot of, a lot of tasks and it becomes yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. And so yeah. it's hard to make yeah. progress. We remind people that, hey, in those standard operating objectives, that's kind of your day job. That's, that's within functions. That's normal business. The thematic goal is on top of that. So, like, if, if you're saying, hey, the, the standard operating objectives are maybe 60 to 80% of your, your normal job, then the other 20% of your day or your week is to this thematic goal. Let's make sure we're getting the most bang for our buck and the, we're focused on the highest priorities, but not trying to do it perfectly, right? Because right. Right. now right. We've, got, we've taken on two jobs. Yeah. That one, I think it leads to an, an overwhelming amount of detail that yes. an executive team is trying to cover in a meeting. And it could just yeah. be personality you know, based if we just got a very you know, detail-oriented, task-oriented people on the team. And watch out there is if you're in a, a weekly tactical meeting where we're supposed to be staying pretty high level and galvanizing yes. people around the thing that's most important, but you spend the entire meeting like doing it kind of a deep dive report out of, of the 35 different tasks under each defining objective. And suddenly this becomes a massive review meeting. We would call a big timeout and say, I don't think you guys are focused enough. Or I think you guys are being overly detailed or overly prescriptive. Like let's delegate that to the people doing the actual work, but let's as an executive team step back big picture and, and actually just get focused. We're trying to do too much. Right, right. And then I think I think they sometimes don't know. So there's there's we're overly we've got too many tasks in the uh, battle plan, but then uh, sometimes they're not aware of everything that's in the battle plan, and so they come to a meeting. Gosh, I I totally forgot what's in this battle plan. And it's like, wait a second, you said this was most important. Right. How can, right. like, let's make sure that we're all aligned. And again, and I'm not trying to sell the biz, the, the meeting advantage, but there is the ability there to double click on the defining objective and remind ourselves every week of what's within this and what's the battle plan here. And let's not silo ourselves. Let's not give this one to over to Keith to make sure it happens or to do all the work. Let's make sure that like, this is actually, you know, if you think about sports, this is actually, if we're the Los Angeles Lakers, how we're going, we're planning to beat the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs. And boy, I wish yeah. that had happened. Um, but, you know, it's like, this is how we're going to win. We all need to know how it's going to happen. Doesn't mean I'm going to guard that person or, you know, run this play, but we all need to know how we're going to win in, in this playoff series. And that's what this thematic goal is. Yeah. I thought of a, I thought of another watch out. Another thing that people struggle with is, um, is they, they see thematic goal rally cry as primarily a communication device, as opposed to a focusing tool. 
And so I was with the team uh, just yesterday that, you know, we asked the question, what's most important right now? And the team just started like kicking around different slogans. And I was, and the slogans were so broad. It was like, build the foundation, you know, achieve greatness. And, and, and then they were kind of discerning each other's slogans. And I was with another consultant, Dan O'Brien, and, you know, we kind of looked at each other like, okay, quick timeout. Like what is actually, what actually needs to get done here? Like, let's get much more specific. Let's, let's, we'll solve later how to communicate this out to our people. Uh, Or I was with a different client uh, a while ago and, and uh, something had popped in the business that they, Ooh, I think that might actually be worthy of changing our rally cry like that. We really need to focus on that. And then an objection came from somebody else saying, yeah, but we just announced our last rally cry. And, and I, you know, I remember saying like, so what, like, <laughs> what's the alternative that we're going to continue focusing on the, something that's not as important because we don't exactly. want to admit that we can, you know, that we've changed our minds. I said, I actually, I think it's a great opportunity to say, Hey, I know that on Friday we announced our rally cry was X. Uh, this is what's happened. And our, our new rally cry on Monday morning is Y. And here's, and here's why that is a more important focus of ours. And so, you know, using it as a communication device to align people around the thing that is most important is great, but forgetting that the whole purpose of this is to focus the team on the most important thing to de-silo the team by having them think more holistically about the business than their own areas to align the team, to get them to stop thinking about priorities, but the priority, like that's really what this is all about. Keith, you just, reminded me and i think it's good to remind everybody with what you just said like who's the primary audience for this tool yeah good yeah tell us that say more the executive team yeah the primary audience is the executive team and it's a focusing tool not a communication tool right this the second audience is people outside of the executive team or the the leadership team and, you know, your employees. But imagine, like, teams change what their focus is all the time. And it's like, oh, but we wouldn't want to tell our people that, <laughs> you know. Well, why not? You know, it's it's more of an ego thing. Like, oh, we don't want to seem like we're indecisive. Well, yeah, if you did it every month, that would be a bad thing. But, you know, could you imagine in COVID, like, the first few months of COVID? Like, well, gosh, in February... We decided this was our thematic goal. Now COVID has hit. We wouldn't want to look like we're indecisive. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, let's let's not tell them this. I mean, we're going to refocus, but let's not tell our people that. And then, like, wouldn't they go like, God, why aren't they focused? Why isn't the leadership team focused on, like, this issue now that COVID has arisen? <laughs> you <know>? Totally. <laughs> Ironically, a lot of our clients now are building rally cries around getting their people back into the office. Like, like we need to nail yes. the return to office policy and yes. keep people engaged as we bring them back into the office. And so, uh, yeah, the, the ebb and the flow. James, yes. I thought, let's just walk through. Let's just make this really practical. Let's let's walk through how somebody would come up with their thematic goal, defining objectives and standard operating objectives. A little bit of like, here's how we ask this with our clients. So, you know, I, I want you to imagine yeah, but, if you're listening to this, take out a blank sheet of paper and, yeah. and we would say, hey, for starters, we're going to ask a really simple question. Don't overthink it, but write down the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, 
what's most important right now? And write down your answer. So Keith, yes, you could go right there. I like to sometimes do those standard operating objectives first. Sure. Like, yeah. What are all the things that like week after week, month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year, you just need to focus on to run a successful business? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, kind of like a hey, good times, bad times, like just steady Eddie trying to build a successful company. What are those things that we just always want to keep track of? Yeah. And let's not overthink that. I mean, that's a pretty standard right. list. It's revenue, profitability, some right. measure of productivity, some measure of customer satisfaction or customer loyalty, some measure of employee satisfaction, employee loyalty. And then usually there's something related to the business. If It might be a product roadmap. It might be right. student enrollment. It might be attendance, You know, depending on what the nature of the right. business is. But we're talking about no more than eight standard operating objectives. Yeah, that's a great Absolutely. place to start. Let's write those down first. Keep going. Right. And we do that. Let's take all of that off the table now. Yeah. Unless yeah. there's something like glaring from one of those areas. Then I would say like, if we haven't done the Everest exercise, let's do that. Map out what we want to look like three years from now and be like actually somewhat aggressive. And then from there... Think about your thematic goals as different camps along the way as you climb to the top of Everest. And so if this is the first time you're doing this, then start at the bottom. Like what's what's our base camp and how do we, in the next six to nine months, what progress do we want to make going up from there? You know, and yeah. that would be yeah. your thematic goal and the defining objectives. If you've done the Everest exercise already, then let's pull that flip chart out or that workout and remind ourselves, all right, we want to be here in, in two and a half years, in two years, whatever that, whatever that timetable is. All right, how do we go from where we are now, hopefully having made some improvements, and take a look at the market and what's going on and like, okay, now how do we make progress up, up to that point? Yeah, yeah. So practically, it's ask the question, what's most important right now? And have everybody write down their answer. And then everybody reads out their answer. And you take a quick pulse check of the group. You know, did this team write down pretty much the same thing? In which case we'd say, that's great. They're all aligned. And then you might want to pause and say like, hey, did we all collectively miss something that's actually more important? More often than not, what happens is that people have written down different things. So one person yep. writes down, you know, this is the season we got to get our product quality back on track. Somebody else wrote, no, this is the season of employee morale. It's all about, or it's all about talent. Somebody else writes down, you know, what are you guys talking about? This is, we need to have a major customer focus. And somebody else says, yep. what are you talking about? Like, this is the time that we need to finally go global. And then you look at the team leader and say, okay, well, these are all great ideas. All of these are important. Everybody has too much context for them to be wrong. So that's not about wrong answers, but we just don't have the same answer. And we need to have a discussion, not a long one, a short one about which of these focal points is actually most critical right now. Is it global? Is it employees? Is it customers? Is it a product thing? And too often leaders will be tempted to say, it's all of those things. 
and let's just make our rally cry, let's be great at everything. And we would say, no, no, let's let's really focus ourselves right now. Like it can we truly go global if the product is enough to snuff? No, probably not. Okay. So maybe this is the season of getting our product back on track. Or like, no, actually our product is fine. I've got no concerns about our product. We got a good product roadmap, but that shouldn't be the focus. This is really the season of, you know, landing some marquee domestic clients. Okay. You know, but again, don't overthink the process. Blank sheet of paper. Start with your standard operating objectives. Think about your Everest, but then answer what's most important right now and then have a discussion until we get to one answer. The team leader gets to decide what that answer is. Now that we've landed on that answer, what's the next step? Yeah. So Keith, then one of the things we like to do with this is when we're capturing the defining objectives is then let's let's put each one of those on a flip chart and either have somebody take a first pass at building that battle plan or we might like pair people up or or do a gallery type of thing where everybody could put an action item or a milestone and move the move the conversation forward on each one of those defining objectives so you know let's start building out the battle plan so that like by the time we get to our next weekly meeting we can actually track progress on these and yeah. so often, I think teams want to build the perfect battle plan. And of course, we want them to do work on it. Of course, we want them to, to build that. But the validity, validity of it comes when we actually start meeting on it and tracking progress. And so like, let's just realize that no matter how much work we put into it in an offsite or an ad hoc meeting, we're probably going to confirm it in our meetings, like on our weekly yeah. meetings when yeah. we're tracking progress. Yeah. The worst, the worst thing is when people do that. It's like, okay, let's go back. Let's let's go back to the office and do some work on these to build these out, and then they don't come back to it, and now they're meeting on it, and and then we might check in with them a few weeks later. It's like, okay, how are you doing and tracking your thematical? Well, we actually haven't defined the battle plan yet. And you're like, wait a second. That was three weeks ago we started this process. We've just given up three weeks of time to work on what we've said is the most important thing. you know. Yeah. And we need a sense of urgency with this. Yeah. And that comes yeah. in both defining it, planning for it, and in how we talk about it in our meetings. Right. Yeah. James, I'm glad you said that because it, what occurred to me is what's the alternative here? I think the alternative that we see is that teams meet on a weekly basis. They take a look in the rear view mirror and they do a very comprehensive walk through all of the different projects or departments or objectives that they have identified. And they just do a a report out on a long list. We'd like to shift that energy completely to say, as a team, we're going to get together. We're going to galvanize each other, remind each other what we said is most important. We're going to do a very quick walkthrough, red, yellow, green on each of our defining objectives, referencing the battle plan that we built. And then we're going to use that as a, as a way to tease out topics that we should be talking about in this weekly tactical, it, focusing forward. What do we need to be doing more of, better, or differently to get our defining objectives on track? And then you know, a quick glance at the standard operating objective to say, hey, has anything emerged in the last week that would 
you know, kind of change the red, yellow, green color of each of those Has you know, we don't need to do a deep dive into the standard operating objectives each week. We'd say, has anything popped in the revenue side, the productivity side, the customer side, the employee side that, that would, you know, warrant some attention today. So that, that's where we shift the energy. The energy now is around, we're, we're constantly bringing people back to our rally cry mm-hmm. and, and looking at the work, the defining objectives that's going to achieve that for us. Let's take two minutes and talk about translating the rally cry to the team that you lead. We should probably do an episode on this in the future, but I think it's critical that each leader of the team steps outside of the room then and says, okay, how do I translate this focus to creating some focus for my team? Any thoughts there? Yeah, I love it when leaders take this to the people they lead explain it you know we talk about informing and engaging and this is one of those opportunities to do both let's inform them of the executive thematical and defining objectives and then give them a chance to ask questions about it so that they understand and let's process it with them and then hey what on our team can we do to support this and make sure that we're aligned. And we even could come up with our own thematic goal that is in support of the executive thematic goal. It doesn't mean it would be in just one defining objective. It actually, we might actually participate in, and help implement a, across a few defining objectives. But we need to be aligned in that so that we know where our work is important and where our work is, is contributing to this thematic goal. By the way, like in the Pfizer example, it might not, you know, and uh, yeah. so we might be in the cancer treatment part of Pfizer and not really do much in the COVID vaccine part of Pfizer. But we need to know, like, hey, we're the rest of the org or like we've got this going on at the executive level. Again, here's what's important for us. We can develop a thematic goal for us. And with the knowledge, like if something needs to be pulled over to the COVID vaccine side, we still need to do that. So yeah. maybe your yeah. maybe your team contributes to the executive thematical, maybe not, but you know, every next level team could also have their own thematical that is in support of the executive one. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So in summary, this is about a discipline. It's the discipline of focus. Yeah. We would say that this is achieving the state where you would say that your team is clear, you're focused, and you're aligned. And you're not just aligned at the executive table, you're aligned at the next level and the next level. So the cross-functional layer is also aligned with the executives and aligned with each other. So rally cry, thematic goal. I would say, and doing that, if you're clear, focused, and aligned at the executive level, and then the team two level, and then the team three level, if you could do that, that is a huge competitive advantage against the other companies in your industry. Absolutely. So awesome discussion. Thank you so much for your time, Keith. And to the listeners out there, we look forward to uh, having you join us on the next Org Health Advantage podcast. Thanks for listening to the Org Health Advantage. Your hosts, Keith and James, are helping leaders change the world of work and invite you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. For more resources on building stronger teams and organizational health, check out tablegroup.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.